Welcome to Invincible Teams, a podcast for team leaders and business owners who are tired of dealing with office drama and politics, high turnover, and teams not meeting their potential. We know that team leaders and business owners like you are pretty much always under pressure to get the most out of your teams. And we also know that most teams only operate at about 58% of their actual potential, and we've got the tools and training to make that number keep going up. We believe that every team should reach their potential, and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. Hey, welcome back to the Invincible Teams podcast. I am your host, Ryan Mayfield, and today I'm excited to share with you my interview with Tharwit Lovett. Tharwit is a life coach in Little Rock, Arkansas, and she works with a whole lot of different people, uh, helping them to understand how your thoughts and your emotions turn into real-life impact and consequences. And and, uh, it's a great conversation. It's probably a little bit different than some of the conversations you've been hearing on this podcast But I think if you are a business owner or a team leader, there's a lot to learn here. There's a lot that can impact the way that you lead your team and just the overall health of your team, which turns out, you know, to affect your overall productivity and efficiency. And I think that uh, this is a, a beneficial conversation to have. So if that describes you, if you are a business owner or a team leader, I would just encourage you to really stick with this and maybe even listen to it two or three times if you need to, uh, to really understand some of the stuff that Tharwood's talking about. Again, I think it could be a huge benefit, uh, almost a competitive edge for you, for your team, if this stuff is something that you will really put into practice. Throughout the interview, Tharwood's uh, internet had a couple of issues, so please forgive any weird crackling or popping sounds you might hear in this. think that's it. We'll get into my interview with Tharwood Lovett. Okay, Tharwit, welcome to Invincible Teams Podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you, Ryan. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to have you here. You uh, are a little bit different uh, guest than some of the others that I've had, which I try to do. You know, every guest has a little unique uh, bit to them, but I'm excited to have you on uh, today. And so why don't you just start by introducing yourself and telling people about what it is that you do? Okay. So as Ryan said, my name is Farwit Lovett and I am a life coach. Um, My practice is uh, sort of similar to um, a a talk therapy session, and my training is in psychology, but I went into um, a life coaching career. I took the coaching route because my passion was in um, learning tools and teaching tools to take action steps to get a person where they want to go in life. I get really excited about making those transitions from existing in survival to um, a thriving existence. And there are things that we can implement in our lives that really facilitate uh, that, that process that can expedite the process of this transitioning out of survival and into thriving. So wellness, um, my coaching is a wellness practice and wellness is all about uh, taking action in order to create balance um, psychologically, emotionally, and physically. And how long have you been doing that? 
I have been coaching for seven years. Before I was a coach, I taught adjunct psychology for 17 years. So um, I was teaching some of this stuff in a, in a classroom group setting, but I really love working with um, individual clients. And so I made the transition into coaching so I could work with smaller groups and individual clients. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So as you look back and just kind of over your own story to this point, what was it that made you want to get into this in the first place? Well, like most of the great things that um, have happened in my life, it was something that was suggested to me because sometimes it's easier for the people outside of us to see something about us um, quicker than we see it about ourselves. And uh, I, I come from a very diverse background, so my um, perception and curiosity about life and human nature uh, was somewhat fundamentally different anyway. And when I was in college, I graduated high school and in college, um, a lot of my girlfriends would call me if they were um, going through something or had a bad breakup and I would sit with them for hours on the phone. And, and one of my friends once said, you're really good at this. Have you ever considered studying psychology? And I said, no, I had never considered studying psychology. So next semester, I signed up for a psychology class and the rest is history. I was hooked from that point forward. That's awesome. So, you know, I got on your, your website earlier and one of the big things that it says on there is, is psychological and emotional wellness coach, right? So for those of us who don't have any sort of a background in, you know, this, this world, haven't taken the classes or been the professor, anything like that, what is psychological wellness what is emotional wellness? Okay, it's not a whole lot different than physical wellness. And really, in order for us to have a strong wellness practice in life, it takes um, intention and application all three accounts. So, so psychological, emotional, and physical wellness are um, are going to create balance in our life and and really help us make that transition from surviving to thriving. Psychological and emotional wellness, most of us are not taught um, you know, exactly what that is and how to do it. Um, I really have a passion. Psychology kind of has helped me understand the mind and the brain and that everything psychological is simultaneously physiological, how the thoughts we think uh, affect our body and our moods or emotional states of being. So there's a whole science. I believe that there's a whole physics of consciousness and um, learning what that is and how it operates, learning um, ourselves at that level and, and growing in our self-awareness and awareness of others is psychological wellness and using some of the tools that have been laid out before us in order to apply it to our lives and introduce balance. And regulation, because a lot of us, especially if we're in survival, we're reactive rather than responsive. Viktor Frankl uh, teaches us that power is the space between stimulus and response. So having a strong uh, psychological wellness, being able to regulate our mind is, is, is going to help us really capitalize on that power that we have available to us that, that a lot of us just haven't been taught about when we're growing up. And the same thing about emotional wellness. E emotion 
it, it's a language. It's uh, um, it's sometimes we um, make the mistake of assuming that an emotion is sort of this reward and punishment system. If if I'm feeling bad or I'm experiencing something negative, it feels like I'm I'm failing or, or being punished in some way. And positive is is reward or success. But the reality is all emotion is it's a communication. It's just data. We're being um, uh, led toward growth and change, or we're being led toward a resonance and a, a, a coherence, a, a synchronization in our lives when external and internal world match. And the thoughts that we're thinking are triggering biochemical responses in our body that we experience as an emotion. And there are differences between emotions and, and feelings and learning how to um, catch the subtleties between the two and decipher the message that an emotion is um, um, telling us or sharing with us really puts us in a position of power and and control over our own lives and our own fate. You know, I find it interesting. You're talking about how these things lead to physiological things, right? So mm -hmm. um, just, just to kind of maybe distill what you're saying, you're talking about either things, mental things that we think or believe or emotions that we feel having a direct physical impact on us, right? Absolutely. Um, when you're thinking a thought, there's literally the movement of electric electricity in your in your body. Um, it's when we're talking about neurons firing, a neuron is activated when a, a channel is open and positively charged ions. This is all electricity. Um, is, is introduced into the neuron, it depolarizes it because a resting state is negative. And then, and so that, that those positive ions are pushed, it creates motion in the neuron. And then once it reaches the end of the neuron, it converts itself to chemical energy. So a neurochemical is released into the synapse that then binds to other neurons. So when we're, when we're thinking thoughts, when, when we're stimulated in, in any way, when we're taking physical action, then this process is underway inside of our body. So the thoughts we're thinking, it's not just a thought. There is something physiological corresponding to that thought happening inside of my body. And the emotion, what we feel is the, it's that it's the chemical conversion. So it's the biochemical consequence or side effect of the thoughts that we've been thinking and thoughts or behaviors that are on repeat that we have have um, exercised or experienced over and over and over again, the body is is super technology. It is super smart technology. So the thoughts that we've been thinking over and over become a belief. That's all a belief is. Thoughts that we've been thinking over and over again. And and truth is not a prerequisite for this. It's repetition is is key here. So if we've thought this thought over and over and over again, there is a cluster of neurons that are firing in response to those particular thoughts. And the repetition causes those neurons to fuse together, what, what fires together, wires together. And once that long-term memory has been set, that, that neural circuit has fused together, we don't have to consciously think about it anymore. It's going to become a program that exists within our subconscious that will happen automatically. So what you're saying there is kind of the, the, the thought or feeling equivalent of muscle memory, right? Yes, yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And so as you talk about this, I think about like, it, it's kind of like going upstream to, to stop something before it gets downstream, right? It, it's, yes. it's dealing with things that have consequences later, but you're dealing with them so far upstream that maybe you don't have the same consequences later at all. Right. And so mm-hmm. what are, what are some really practical examples of that? Is it the kind of thing where it's like, man, my neck is sore and I can trace that back to something I believe? Um, yes, there's always, there's always the underlying um, motivator behind whatever is going on with this physiologically or our reactive states. So um, an example might be, um, you know, if we have a trigger, what, you know, um, somebody may have had an experience in childhood, let's say every time you were punished as a child, you were placed in timeout in a red chair. So, um, um, and that had happened repeatedly. As an adult, we might even forget that that, that happened because we're preoccupied right. with our current lives. But for some reason, every time I see a, or come across a red chair, I um, there's something in me that won't allow me to sit in that chair or that has, it puts me maybe in a, in a, in a bad mood. Hmm. The memory is, is still held in my body. It's in, mm-hmm. it's, it's embedded within my physiologic physiology. There's a circuit associated with that. Dr. Caroline Leaf is a cognitive neuroscientist. She calls them trees. So these, these, these beliefs, these programs, they're trees in the forest of our mind that take up actual physical real estate. We oftentimes don't even remember what happened and that there's something going on. We just know or experience the after effects of it through our emotional uh, reaction. So Right. If you and I, I often tell clients that it's kind of when you become aware of this and you want to take charge of this, it feels a lot like you're swimming against a current that you're swimming upstream because your body wants to go in one direction. And and because the subconscious is your body, but your conscious mind wants to take you in a different direction. But the same what fires together, wires together works both ways. So if you become aware, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize this thing happened when I was a kid and red chairs trigger me. Then the next time you're in a situation where there's a red chair, you catch yourself, you interrupt the ability of that circuit to complete the firing process. You replace it with an alternative thought and maybe even go and sit in the red chair and you begin to deactivate the old program, right. build a new program, and you're also taking away um, the the emotional memory from the previous experience, desensitizing yourself. Right. So you know, I'm sure there's people listening right now who who've heard previous episodes and with different business leaders and things, and are probably wondering, okay, what does all this have to do with with me, with my team, the team that I'm leading? So. So why is why is it important for team members or or team leaders to be um, psychologically and emotional healthy? Okay, so um, this is so relevant 
to teams. It's relevant to any type of relationship. Let's say you're in a relay race and you have your team of 10 runners and you run your lap and pass the baton to the next person who's going to run their lap. And collectively, you're, you're, you're attempting to win the race that everyone on your team has mm-hmm. the best time. And um, that sets you up for, you know, winning first place. Well, in order for everyone to be working optimally and the team to be efficient, you need each individual runner to be on their A game, to be mm-hmm. on top in peak physical health and, 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 you know, the top performers. And we do that. So as, as we grow our sense of self-awareness, as we, um, build a connection with who we are and get better and better at practicing, uh, self-love, which, to me, self-love is acceptance. It's self-acceptance, which is the respect of our emotion and feelings. We're able to more readily move into a space of responsiveness rather than reactiveness. And if we have a reaction, we're able to kind of take a step back and create that space between stimulus and response and um, untangle a little bit of what's going on, what's mine and what's the other person's. It, mm-hmm. it, it feeds into accountability away from victimization and can you imagine if everybody on your team is is in this space that the team itself as a collective is going to run so much more efficiently? Yeah, no, I love that. And that's a great analogy with, with running a relay race together. <laughs> what do you think are signs that people could be looking out for uh, either on themselves and their leadership, on their teams, the team members that they work with that, hey, there's there's something going on here that we need some help with uh, to be, mm-hmm. you know, like we say, psychologically and emotionally healthy. What are signs mm-hmm. that people can look for? So I think the, the, the most valuable sign we can look for um, when working with the team or in any relationship, really, it's conflict. Conflict is um, our biggest teacher. Negative emotion, and this ties back to emotional and psychological wellness, negative emotion, it's data. It's not personal. A negative emotion is is signifying change, whether that's change of perspective, change of behavior, change of scenery. It's just, it's a signal for change. Tony Robbins refers to emotions as action signals. And when we have an emotional reaction, we're being asked to um, change one of two things. And that is our perspective or our behavior, our strategy. So really redefining what conflict is and what negative emotions are as an opportunity for growth expansion for um, um, maybe adjusting a behavior that's no longer working for uh, the team, for the company, whatever the situation prevent presents years ago in my own process and it's a discipline wellness is a discipline all three aspects of wellness I um, shifted my philosophy and it has been a game changer it's been super helpful it's that in life there's only loving and learning and if we're not loving who we're with or what we're doing or whatever the the situation presents then we're learning from it Mm. when we embrace this philosophy then when something bad happens or something negative or conflict arises there's an opportunity for learning here if I take a step back in that space between stimulus and response, 
and really take a good look at it, untangle what's mine and what's the other person's and um, what can we change here in order to move everybody in the direction we wish to go. So I definitely think conflict is an opportunity to, mm. to upgrade, to advance whatever the, the mission or the goal is of the team. Yeah, well, I love that. And that perspective on loving or learning uh, is super good as well. So that, that's great. You know, as you think back over the the different clients that you've had, the, the conversations you found yourself in, you know, obviously without naming any names, but as you think back over that, what are some of the major things that you can remember seeing this kind of coaching, uh, helping leaders to overcome? So I think the um, um, self-awareness, uh, the, the growth in self-awareness is going to help leaders as we become more self-aware and as we get better and better at reconnecting with ourselves and and our intuition every single one of us has an internal guidance system that's plugged into a larger perspective that we um we aren't always able to consciously process in our mind. Um, as as we really begin to cultivate that, then it's it's going to help us in our relationships with other people. There's what people say and what people do, and then there's what they mean. So in working with, um, I work with a variety of clients. Some of them come because they're ready to make a professional change. Some of them come because they want to improve communication in a relationship. Some of them want to come because they've grown disconnected from themselves over their lives. And they're wanting to reconnect because it causes to feel empty. Uh, depression and anxiety uh, is, is a side effect of disconnection. And, and when we're disconnected from ourselves, really, it makes it difficult to, to, to fully utilize an, what a, a relationship or working with the team or leading the opportunities that are available to us. So uh, I, I would say that, that growing in our self-awareness, learning these tools, and the more we rehearse this, then, and the better we get at being responsive rather than reactive, then we're able to more effectively communicate with the other person. And, and, and the other person doesn't have to know how to do this also if the leader is aware of this and the leader knows this and you have a team member that is upset and reacting to something, then you can get to the reason why. What are the motivations behind that? It's 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 fear. Oftentimes human beings, we are motivated by two emotions and that is acceptance and rejection. A lot of times when we're experiencing conflict somewhere inside of us, some some rejection was triggered and we're really just trying to protect ourselves. Hmm. So as we're able to, if somebody gets upset about something, you know that it's because of they feel a certain way and you address how they feel and maybe not uh, initially specifically about the, the actual event then you melt the defenses of the person and you're more able to um, effectively communicate. Yeah. When, when we're reactive, we, we are in survival mode. And when we're in survival mode, we're only able to access the parts of the part of the brain that is its job is to keep us alive. So the higher order thinking 
um, the part of us that allows us to reason and understand and step in somebody else's shoes, that gets shut off to us when our body has been physiologically triggered. Hmm. I can see that being huge just with, you know, the people on a team, the way they perceive a boss or a leader, right? Like, mm-hmm. and the, it, whether it's not, whether or not it's the type of person they want to continue to work for, right? The environment right. that they want to continue to work in. And so uh, I imagine that this has implications even on things like retention, right? And um, just job satisfaction, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe I'm setting you up there, but but what what do you think the role is of the kind of coaching that you do in today's business world? I think that the role of of what I do not only can positively impact the business world, but really all aspects of our lives. If we are working at a hundred percent of our, our, our capacity, our potential, what, what did people say that we're only using 10% of our brain? What if we can, and I don't know the actual science behind that, or, you know, but you know, it's, it's a saying. Um, if we're able to up that number, if we're able to bring it up to 30, 40, 50, 60%, can you imagine how much more we can accomplish in life? So, so learning how all of this works, learning how to become responsive, overreactive, it helps us to get to the meat of issues, resolve them more quickly, and, and, and really um, uh, grow to, to embrace the learning that's available in every, every opportunity. Yeah, I could see how that uh, would be really beneficial to, to businesses and, and people running them. So you've mentioned a couple of things through here. You talked about Viktor Frankl and uh, anybody that is familiar with that name will will know some of his stuff. Um, one that you didn't explicitly mention, but it sounds like you kind of talked around it a lot. Um, I, I know there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. Um, if you're familiar with that one, I, I was just wondering, what are some of your favorite resources? If anybody was wanting to dive into this conversation more, um, what are some of your favorite resources you recommend to people? That, it's interesting. You, you bring the book up, the body keeps the score because I just downloaded that on audible. I haven't, I've started, but not finished, um, listening to it, but absolutely. Um, this is everything psychological is simultaneously physiological. Mm. There is benefit for any team leader to learn emotional vocabulary. The higher our emotional IQ, the more retention we are likely to to have because people are going to remember how you made them feel and not necessarily what you have have said, right? Mm-hmm. What you what you're teaching them. Um, there are lots of fantastic resources available. It depends on um, what you're particularly drawn to. Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Bruce Lipton, they're great um, author resources. Any of their books really kind of um, jumps into explaining this, this mind-body connection, um, the, the, the whole notion that everything psychological is simultaneously physiological explaining mm-hmm. how uh, all of that that works it's we live in a day and age today where there's a ton of um, fantastic resources another one that um, an o- older ones like Napoleon Hill um, think and grow rich uh, and um, 
who moved my cheese. That's also a great book. And talking about loving and learning, you're changing your relationship with change and it can really help you uh, move forward and run a more effective team. Hmm. Yeah, those are great. And that's funny. Who moved my cheese? I haven't thought about that book in a long time. I remember, I remember my grandpa reading that book whenever I was a kid. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell us a little bit, uh, what, what are you working on now? What things have you excited and how can people connect with you if they want to find out more? So uh, lots of, um, I'm working on lots of things that are really exciting. I have a passion for teaching. I have a passion for growth. And like I said earlier, I have a passion for um, bringing heaven to earth in the sense that we are thriving in life and, and not simply surviving, that we become more responsive and less reactive. And I do that through my individual coaching. Um, so so I've, I'm, that business has, is, is really growing and I love being able to listen to the stories of each of my clients and um, meet them where they're at and help them get to where they want to go. Also, um, Shift Her is a, a, a new endeavor. We've been around a little over a year now and Shifter is all about supporting and encouraging uh, women and, and their growth. We, we've created, it's a mastermind model um, that, that we've used actually how it started um, the Gretchen who began, um, she read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and he talks about mastermind groups. So that got her mm. thinking. I wonder um, um, how effective a mastermind group would be. So she reached out to several women, and I was one of the women she reached out to and said, hey, let's try this. But the entire time, it was different. A lot of the mastermind models um, um, that she looked at or that she found previously were very sort of business like focused and and she had a desire for personal develop development in addition to professional development so we created our own agenda we went off and and we would read books and learn more become more self-aware and then we'd come together and we would discuss that we would discuss where we're at in our lives we would if we had a problem in our businesses that that needed a little bit of troubleshooting, all of us, there were six of us total, would come together on that. And, um, and it made such a difference in our lives. We wondered if it was a chemistry between us or something that could be replicated. And so we ran um, a couple of beta groups and it's grown ever since. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there's power in teams, there's individual and group learning together. And there's something powerful that happens when you're able to incorporate both. So if somebody's interested in that, I mean, who, who can get involved in that? Who is that for? It's for women. Um, and uh, you can go to www.shifthershifter.co. And um, we have all kinds of information. You can meet the team, the, the co-founders, and learn a little bit more about what Shifter is all about. And uh, we we launch four times a year. So um, you just you you sign up, you know, put your email in, and then we'll send you emails to let you know when the next launch is, which we have one mm -hmm. coming up at the end of January. And then and then we run the groups. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, 
I, I appreciate having you on today and just your, your expertise in the area and definitely a different conversation than maybe what listeners are, are used to here, but I think it can be really beneficial. And so um, we'll put all of your contact info, website, all that stuff uh, in the show notes so people can find that really easily and connect with you uh, if they want to. And um, yeah, I, I just, thanks again for being on. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. I appreciate it, Ryan. It's been fun. Thanks for listening today to the Invincible Teams podcast. We'd like to challenge you now to go share this episode with a team leader or business owner you know that might like it. And just like every podcast, we appreciate all the subscribes, likes, shares, reviews, and five-star ratings you can give us. And like we always say, we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. See you next time.